Hi, everybody. I'm Marie Bailey, and I was born in South Africa, but now stay in Charlotte in North Carolina, and we're very happy to be here. Good afternoon. <laughs> My name is Terry Barr. <laughs> and uh, I'm Steve Barr's wife. I'm God's daughter. My identity is in him. <laughs> um, we moved from living in California our whole life. We lived in Southern California, then Northern California, and we just moved to Texas April 1st. And that was not an April 1st joke. That was for real. <laughs> and um, so we are um, now with our kids and grandkids and within 10 minutes, and it's amazing. Yeah. And we still have ministry. We still are traveling to other churches and ministering. Yeah. But on a day-to-day -day basis, we get to go to uh, baseball games of our grandchildren and that kind of stuff, which is amazing, and uh, be in uh, ministry uh, with our son and his church. So uh, we love Texas. I love Texas, too. My name is Joel Nathan Daniel. I, 20, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> credit, credit card and all. I'm 21 years old. Um, was born in Los Angeles and grew up in Australia for about 10 years. And then in 2010, we moved to a place called Denver, Colorado, to plant a church called Redemption City Church. And we're still based there and absolutely loving it and going hard. And Tyron Daniel is my dad. Joshua Daniel is my younger brother. And you guys are all my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Yes, <laughs> Great. So my name is Mark Bailey, married to Marie. We have three kids, uh, Joshua, Almanay, and John Mark. Yeah. And uh, we have the privilege of obviously serving with the, with the NCMI team. It's an absolute privilege to be able to be part of what God is doing in this region. Yeah. And we've just moved, like Marie said, a month ago from South Africa to North Carolina. Trusting God for big things and excited about what God's doing here. The most unfortunate thing about my life is I've known Marco for more than a year, so <laughs> no. Uh, myself and Marco served on our eldership team at Cornerstone. They left before us. I am a, a newly born American because I've been here for nine months, so uh, I consider myself American now. No, not quite, in the making. But uh, we are from Wichita, Kansas, the home of the best barbecue. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> oh. I will just let myself out. Uh, it was yeah. great seeing yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah we are uh, in, based in a church called Restoration. Uh, it's been an absolute privilege just being, uh, being yeah, and being able to travel, be able to uh, just be in this nation to answer to God's prayer. It's been three, three years in the, well, probably four years in the, in the making. Uh, we know God's called us to plant a church in Queens, New York. Uh, yeah, God's delays. He's got a year God in the doors he opens and the doors he shuts at the right time. So we're just uh, happy um, where we are and doing the best we can. So, Craig also likes to keep things short, as we can tell. Um, I have a first question for you guys. Everyone up here, apart from, well, not actually, because Joel's like changing generations, but this whole theme of following Jesus when we've never been this way before, I think applies to each, in, each of your lives. We've heard some of it now. I mean, every one of you are in a life stage change. And so what I thought would be helpful for us as a region and churches in the region and people that are trying to follow Jesus in this time is, and, and anyone can go first, there's no particular order, but 
What is your biggest takeaway in the seasons that you're in that we can learn from? I mean, you guys are giants of the faith. I've had the privilege of getting to know you guys for real. And don't be modest, yeah? So I think like, some of you have made some big shifts, big changes. Um, and I think that we we're, we're as, a, as a region are called to make some of those big changes too. We've seen that come through the teaching this weekend. Um, and so maybe if you can drop some insights as to where you've come from, and a bit of more detail. I know you've said where you've come from briefly, but what did you leave behind and what is God calling you into? And what are the giants that you've had to face in that process? And what can we take out of it to learn from as we are called into other things too? I'll go. Uh, quick. Um, yeah, so we, if I, if I look back on nine months ago, maybe a little bit further, a year ago, we were very happy in, in South Africa le- um, leading a, a relatively big site. And uh, we just knew that, that like, life was good. Had a house, had two cars, had everything. And when God called us, we knew that that was was the price that we had to pay, sell it, sell it all up and uh, put everything that we had uh, then into, into relocating. And um, you know, saying yes to God and seeing that unfold has been, a, has been a journey. But through it all, obviously coming to America, uh, giving up, being on one eldership, coming onto another eldership, uh, being delayed there to plant, it's, it's, we've, had to be, we've had to be many things in many different seasons. And for me, the one thing that has, has struck me is, uh, and this whole thing about, uh, you know, we haven't been this way before, is Joshua inherited a, a, a promise from God that God gave Moses. And he had to be faithful to that. The promise didn't change. It was still the promised land. Um, for us, we know God called us, but is my identity in being a lead elder, uh, being a, a site elder, a lead elder uh, on team, was my identity in following Christ? And uh, for us, that's been, it's been the most frustrating thing because we've, we, we can't do what we feel we need to do. But God just reminded me over and over and over, if it's your identity in planting a church or your identity in me. And uh, no matter what we do, God's got a significant uh, place for us to, to bear fruits and to do all the things that God's called us to do. Um, and we just got to see God in it. And that's, uh, you know, for me, that's been the, the one thing is I, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. haven't been this way before. This doesn't follow a, a church planting manual. I did church planting that NCMI presented about six times before we left. And no one mentioned what I'm going through. But uh, that's fine. But what am, I, what am I holding on to? Is my density in planting a church? Is my density in leading something? Or is my density in following Christ? And uh, whatever that happens, whatever happens, and something we've tried to, I've got a, a wife and three kids back in Wichita, and something we try to help them understand is no matter where we are, we together, and as long as we together following Christ, uh, that's the sweet spot. So, Yeah, we've been uh, privileged to, to plant a beautiful church with the NCMI team um, and in partnership about 13 years ago. And we had, um, our children were one, three and four, something like that, two and a half and four at that stage. And yeah, so um, we've built some very, very deep friendships, um, sometimes closer than family. So um, it was harder for me to respond to God's call. Uh, uh, For me, I think God has started to speak to us. We've been coming to America since 2013. And I I think I started hearing God saying, I'm going to ask you to leave your family in 2015, and then um, God, after that, said, I'm definitely going to ask you to move, and you're going to leave everything behind, and I started crying then already. I wanted to go. Um, I'm usually running, unfortunately, uh, God is having to kind of like, 
okay, go, okay, stay here, you know, I'm, so I wanted to go, but when the, when, when it actually happened, it was harder than what I could, could think, and, um, but um, the things that I've, I, I want to share with you is that I believe that God will sometimes ask you, and often ask you, to do stuff that you don't think you can do. Um, I've, I've often felt like um, I'm a square peg in a round hole. I'm like, God, honestly, like even with the children God gave me, I would be like, Lord, I think you have the wrong address. <laughs> yeah. When, when, when God said, America, I'm sending you to America, I'm like, Lord, do you remember who I am? I love America, right? But I'm, I'm an Afrikaans boer girl. Like, I say it as I think it is, you know? And often I can be very opinionated myself, and I know that that's not going to be very well received. <laughs> so um, I was like, Lord, I think you have the wrong address. Um, but uh, when we, just when we left South Africa, our church, the church was really doing well. God's church was doing well. We had multiple pastors on team, elders on team. And we were in the sweetest place that, that I've known. And I believe that that church is, is seeing trickles of revival. And, and I was like jealous. I was like, God, honestly, the timing. I don't think, you know. Yeah. But um, I'm coming to see and I see trickles of revival in this nation. And I hear uh, people are coming from all over the world to this nation. And I see the fire of God in this nation. So... Um, God will ask you to do some things that you don't think they can do. And another thing that we chatted about that I just want to share is that you can't say indecisive. If God asks you to do something like we've done, we, what we've done is crazy. And I, I don't enjoy doing crazy things. I like calculating the cost. We, we gave our household belongings away. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Uh, we got coming... So dollars, South Africa to dollars is 15 rand for one dollar. Uh, so we knew, we, we, if, even if we sold all our things and we got lots for it, those South African rands are going to not mean much yet. So we gave away, we gave away a car. And so we, we left um, a lot behind, but we've been received so well. Um, and you, you can't stay indecisive. Somewhere you're going to have to say, okay, God, I'm putting my money where the mouth is. I'm giving everything away. Uh, we've got nothing to go back to except family and friends. And um, so, so I want to I wanna implore you that you might not have to do a crazy thing like that, but God might ask you to give somebody a prophetic word. He might, he might and you're thinking, I'm not a, I can't do that. Like, I don't know how to hear the voice of God. Well, if God thinks you can, then, you know, maybe you should give it a try. Um, yeah, but don't be indecisive because indecisiveness will breed fear. Um, I've learned over the years to say, yes, Lord, yeah. when I feel the prompting of the Lord and he speaks to us. And when we're married, we're a partnership, we're on team. And so we got to be on the same page, right? Yeah. So sometimes I haven't been on the same page and I have to get on the same page. <laughs> sometimes he hasn't been on the same page. He has to get on the same page. But uh, two different times. One, when we were in Southern California and God called us to go to Placerville and we were talking to Dudley and Anne, and Dudley presented this opportunity, and Steve said, that sounds exciting. I said, what? <laughs> and so I'm thinking of all the reasons why we can't go. And then Steve began to share and say, well, you know, this and this and this. And as, he, he, as I saw his faith, and as I saw his leading me, I said, yeah, you're right. We could actually do that. Right. 
And so, yes, Lord, and, and we went, and, and what an amazing, amazing 21 years we had. Like Steve said, it was a honeymoon the whole time. And um, Steve transitions well, and so probably, um, you know, between five and ten years, he started transitioning and started, you know, dropping things with the church. And we're not going to be here forever. And he in, was intentionally training up uh, people and... Then as it got closer and closer, I was like, wait a minute, stop saying that. <laughs> stop saying that. Let's wait and know that, you know, it's now. Don't keep talking about it. But um, he said, no, we want to be intentional and train people and let them know. And so, and so I'm telling you the right timing is so critical, and God's going to show you the right timing when he asks you to do something big. And so um, for us, the right... I didn't want to leave in the middle of the pandemic. It was March of 2021. And, uh, you know, things are going badly, you know, for our nation and, you know, COVID and the restrictions and the mandates. And I wanted to leave on a high. And I, I would not have chosen to leave transition in the middle of a pandemic. But it was God's timing. Yeah. And it was God's person, the couple that we had been working with, and for them to take over. And I'll tell you what, yes, Lord. You say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. And then there's no looking back. So, so once we knew, we resolved it, we said, yes, Lord, we've heard, we've heard from you, and, you know, let's walk this out. And there's no looking back. And I, I'm telling you, every place God has moved us, called us to, that's become our home, and we absolutely love it. Wherever you live, wherever you live, God has you there, and you love it. You take on that culture. You take on, I mean, the good part of the culture, the godly. <laughs> you keep the kingdom first, right? But, um, but you take on, you know, that style and culture, and you love it. You embrace it. Thank you, God, for putting me in this place. And so I don't miss California. I don't miss leading. Um, all of that stuff. Um, I miss friends and relationships. We've been back there three times. And God's doing amazing things. There's growth. There's maturity. It's just been wonderful. So, um, yeah, say yes, Lord. No looking back and embrace where God has you. Yeah, I think for, for me, it's as a... As a younger person, it, it has been encouraging knowing that no one has been this way before. You know what I mean? Like there were generations before me that also had never been this way before. This, I mean, at the same time, that's challenging too because it's like, well, none of us have been like this before. But, it, but it, I mean, it was encouraging because it's like, man, we're going we're gonna to go through this and walk through all this together. And also another thing that was just encouraging for me, that text in Hebrews 12, that's like, just about the kingdom. And it says that anything that can be shaken, it must be shaken till only what's left is the kingdom. That's the only thing that's going to stand. And so it's like Jesus told us about this and it's looked different than what we thought. But, but for me, I, my dad's often said that, that, that the shaking reveals what we've been anchored to. And I think for me, it was like, you know, you, you're always like, man, I'm anchored to Jesus. I really am anchored to, to Christ. And then, and then that happened. And COVID happened and lockdown and this crazy, weird season. And I, I, I quickly found out that I was not totally anchored to Jesus. I was anchored to other things. I was anchored to my position in the local church. I was anchored to 
my position and what we're doing translocally around the world. I was anchored into all these things. And all of a sudden, when it's all gone for a bit, it was like what was left. And so for me, it, it was a huge wake-up call. And a, I'm grateful to God that He revealed and shakes on this side of eternity. And He's going to keep doing it till only what's left is the kingdom. But going forward, it's like for me, man, I want to just be passionate about Jesus and His kingdom and the gospel to all nations and making disciples of all nations. And, and those are the things I want to give my life and my yes. attention to. And those are the things that I want to be rooted in more than anything else. So that if something were to happen again, something crazy, which I'm sure the future is going to be wild and crazy. And yes. we, we're going to be here again saying, following Jesus when we've never been this way before. But, but I would love to have that testimony to just say, you know what, I was anchored in Christ in and through it all as following Jesus. I think for me, Marco, just for all of us, I love just hearing what God's doing here, but I love what Tyron spoke about this morning about faith. And the truth be told is even that Hebrews 11 text, faith pleases God. God is is pleased when we walk by faith. And all of what you've just heard here, it's really just about responding by faith. It's saying faith actually comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Jesus Christ, he's the author and the perfecter. We look unto Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. So when we engage with Jesus, Jesus is the word, the word made flesh. If we engage with Jesus, the person of Jesus Christ, faith rises. Galatians 2.20 says, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. In the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So I'm not living by my faith. I'm living by His faith. And so you do supernatural, impossible things. You go where you've never gone before. You, you see what you've never seen before because a wise man once said, if you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you always got. Yeah. So if, you, if you're willing to step out in faith, if you're willing to hear God and do what he says, yeah. then you can see what God can do yeah. through you. And so I think for us, for me, hearing God is the key thing. So faith, it's all about hearing God. When I hear Stephen Terry's story, I hear they've heard God. When I hear Joel speak, they heard Marie, we've heard God. Even Craig and Taryn, they've heard God. So when we hear God, we can, we can, there's, there's, there's confidence, there's boldness. I mean, it looks crazy, but you've heard God. At you, Hope Rock, you guys are moving into a new event. You've heard God. You've stepped out. You've, you've made some changes. You've heard God, and now you're seeing the fruit. I believe every single time we hear God, then you can expect great things. You can expect fruitfulness because you've heard God. And so, so for me, I just, what I just wanted to touch on, Marco, for me, sometimes... People hear God, but they get the timing wrong. They, they don't follow through right. So you, we hear God. We know God's speaking. But then, so, so just to encourage us, I think firstly for us, we, we heard God personally. We, we got five different prophetic words from people on this, on this NCMI team. Five different prophetic words over a period of three years before we made the move. And so these, but you don't make you build your life on prophetic words. Prophetic words is merely confirmation of what God has already said. But when the fifth prophetic word came, in June last year, Marie and I took two days away, and we said, let's go and hear God together now for ourselves. Yes, thank God for Chanel Rousseau, and thank God for a prophetic dream, and thank God for the, but now we need to hear God. for. Before I phone Tyron, before I phone a friend, before I speak to other believers, let's speak to Jesus. So she got a scripture, I got a scripture, God spoke to us clearly, and then God confirmed it, and then we decided, well, let's go to the team. We've got NCMI, we've got, we spoke to Marcus Herbert, spoke to to, to Bruce McAlpine, spoke to Tyron, spoke to some of the people on the team, and these guys on team, then obviously, from just uh, we trust them. So we submit what we've heard. Yeah. We submit the prophetic words, and, and then they would be, whoa, have you, they'll ask the hard questions, yeah. and they'll help us hear God. 
They're not telling us what God says. They're helping us to hear God. And then we went to our elders. We were accountable to our own eldership team, the pastors and our children, the pastors and our team. And when those have all lined up, by that point in time, you're like, Lord, we've heard you personally, prophetic confirmation, people in authority over us, people that we're accountable to and the local, all of them are hearing God with us. Well, now it seems very crazy. It seems difficult, but we've heard God. We can now step out of the boat and focus on Jesus. So. You're done. Okay, you don't want, you don't, yeah, okay. So I think uh, something that I want to just highlight is when I look at everyone here on the stage, you might not know them personally, but I think that before the new season that they're walking into, a season had to end. You know, and so maybe if, maybe not all of you, but somebody just answer, like speak to this, maybe a couple of you, is how important is finishing strong in what we've got before we undertake to do something new? Because I think often, you know, we like, I mean, especially my wife, she struggles with this a lot. She wants to always do new stuff, new stuff, new stuff, new stuff. You know, I'm just kidding. It's me. But like we, we look, we like the cat with the laser pointer out. We want to chase the new thing, the new thing, the new thing. And often we neglect the current thing. Uh, and so just can you speak to the importance of finishing strong before we walk into the next? You know, so maybe that would, that would be helpful for all of us, I think. Yes, you need to finish strong. No. Um. Yeah, you're in it until God calls you out. So you're there uh, working hard um, with vision. Your vision doesn't leave until you you transition out. So you don't just slow down to get off the off-ramp of the freeway, right? Um, no, we run until it's time to hand over, hand over that baton. And the way Steve's talked about it with the guy that, um, that uh, transitioned our church, um, he said, the guy, at first you see him coming, but you don't know who he is, you know. And by you can't see him, but then he's coming up and he's growing and he's ready and he's strong and he's running with you and he's running. He has to be running at the same pace as you to hand off the baton, right? And then you kind of, okay, you know. But you don't, you don't give up until you hand that off. So you're running strong and with vision and with focus and... Um, yeah, it's it's so important. You you want to finish well, and uh, and you want to be faithful to what ca- God calls you to until the very end. No, I mean it's a it's a absolutely huge thing. I think it's a lesson that I still feel like I'm learning. I think it's one of the things my parents probably remind us almost as much as everything else is, is make sure you finish strong in in whatever you do. And and the thing is, you people will always remember you not. Not by how you start, but always by how you finish. Like always. I, I remember working like jobs, like just kind of like like retail jobs and working in shoe stores and stuff. And it was like, man, you didn't always remember how people started. But yeah. like those last two weeks that they were there, yeah. like you could, it, it was such a testimony when someone would finish strong yeah. at a job. When, and that, I mean, that's just like an earthly example. But, but when they would finish well. It was a huge testimony, and it was like managers. I, I remember when I finished up at my work, people, guys were like, "Man, you, like, well, like, just well done." And we want to thank you for just the way you've, that you've just finished well, and you and you stayed with us till the end. And so, to give our attention to all that, the Bible's clear. I mean, like about completing the task and finishing the race. We're so yeah. focused on finishing the race and making sure that we run our race, but but it it the way to oh excuse me. The way to be effective is to complete each and every task that God has before us. And we know Jesus is that 
exact example of what it means to, to not just be a starter, but a finisher. I mean, he came to this, imagine he came to this earth and then all of a sudden, just like halfway through at age 15, 16, was like, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to, I'm going to heaven. It's too hard. But, but Jesus is the ultimate example of pioneer and perfecter of our faith, starter and finisher. And then also, it's just the reality is, is that Jesus died for the church. So if you're serving in the local church, this is the beauty, is that it's a privilege and an honor. And this is Jesus' church that he gave his life for. And the reality is, is they need, like you say, Terry, they need to be honored. So it's not just about my calling. It's not just about what's the next thing for me. It's also, Lord, what, actually, you died for this church. And so, so the reality is, is, is when I don't finish strong, it, it, it does not, it's not only about me. And, and like Tyron said, I'm, I need to follow like I want to be followed. It's not only about my future, but it's also about the health and the well-being of the people of God, the sheep, the sheep. Jesus died for them. Yeah. And so if I'm neglecting uh, in, in the last season because I know I'm moving on, because yeah. the truth be told is, is we should be those that are pioneering. We should be those that are going. Yeah. The nations are waiting for us. Regions are waiting for us. Yeah. But it's amazing when we say, Lord, we want the church healthier. We actually want it to go better with, uh, without us there. Yeah. Because like Steve and Terry have done, they've actually set them up, spent their lives for the glory of God and the benefit of his people, you know. Just add something very quickly. Sorry. Um, I think for me, this not, might not be the most spiritual answer, but uh, you should leave a hole when you leave. You should, you, people should miss you because you've done so well. Like, like you want to speak about finishing strong, like you should, they should say a week after or a month after, when they speak to you, we, we miss having you on team. We miss you in the local church. We miss you whatever, whatever role you're playing because you've done that to the best of your ability. I think someone, I can't remember who told me, but it's, it's, it's you plan and you build in the season that you are like you're never leaving, but you pray like you're going to leave tomorrow. And you have faith that, that if God calls you, you're ready to go, but you, you build and you, you do whatever God's called you to do like you're never leaving. So when you leave, people are actually going to miss you. Okay, any questions from the side before I ask another one of mine? Anyone got any questions they want to ask these guys? I'm going to have to start nominating people. Come on. Kelly, you have to have a question. I mean, I know, I know you. I'm going. I can. Yeah. Kelsey, what's your question? Okay, well, that's one of you. Question. Anyone's got a question? For real? Any question you want to ask these guys? Catherine, oh my gosh, she's got one. So, just for like everybody here that like hasn't planted a church or you know that kind of thing, they the priesthood of all believers and they're serving in the church. Um, how can you encourage them in that call? You know, if if they're in a place of maybe they haven't felt a call yet. Um, yeah, just think back to those days. So, yes, I think this is my great passion, that all of us are called, and that uh, I love Romans 12 because it speaks about the body, yeah. right? And somebody, uh, the, the word actually says that you can, the foot cannot say, uh, I'm not part of the body because I'm not the eye, I think it's it. You cannot decide all of a sudden because you're, 
uh, no, I know this isn't applying to you, but you cannot just decide you're not part of the body because the, the body hurts you or the body offended you or, or they, you know, you're not functioning in the place that you have. But So the point is, you are part of the body. And if you're not functioning, if my finger is not functioning, I'm going to struggle to do uh, quite a few things. Um, and, and so this is really my passion is, is to help everybody to, to just see that you have gifts. God, you are birthed with gifts. The Romans 12 gifts, um, are, we, we're born with those gifts, administration, leadership, serving, being generous. And um, if, if, if the word says that God um, plants us into his body, when we're saved, we are birthed into his body. How does it say it? Um, so if, if we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, the church is missing out. So if you are not functioning in the things that, you know, uh, if you walk into the room and something bothers you, uh, that's probably what you're called to do. Um, if, you, if you drive in the street and, and, and some, you know, something just makes you so angry or you're so passionate about something, that's probably what you're called to do. That's probably what you're good at. And so just do lots of that. Um, and, and, and I think we always say that to people that, that would join our local church, please be who you're called to be. Because, uh, you know, the, the, the word says that we are building, built together. And if there are a few bricks missing out of the building, we, we build buildings with bricks, it's, uh, that brick building is going to be full of air. It's, it's not going to be, be a, pretty, a pretty sight. It's gonna, not going to function well. So maybe all of us are called to something. And, and like Tyron says, if you can be faithful with a little, God will entrust you with more. And, and not all of us are called to be the eye or the mouth. But it's, it's very important, those that set up the coffee, those that greet people in the parking lot, um, they are just as important for somebody that will come and sit maybe on Sunday. Maybe tomorrow somebody will come here and they've never been to church or they, they, they've been offended at church and they'll be scared. That happened at our local church. Somebody sat in the car and they were scared to come into the building. And they found somebody, they were so friendly people at the door, they saw friendly people in the car park. They found a friend sitting in the building saying, would you mind sitting next to me? And that day they ended up giving, uh, committing their lives to the Lord. And so never underestimate your smile um, that could keep somebody f from committing suicide. Um, your friendly word, your kind gesture, your invite to bring somebody to the local church. Um, the Bible says that God has planned good works for us to do. I think one of the one of the things as well is I find sometimes our language lets us down. Is we speak about churches and we speak about church members and we you know join a church and you become a member of a church. I know if a member if if you're a member of a country club and you don't like something you complain about it and you demand that they live up to a standard that they promise. But if we look at church as owners, that we actually get to own, we owners in the vision, we own what's going on. So if we, we're not members of this church, we are owners. We, we, yes, Marco and Catherine lead the church, and yes, there's elders and there's deacons. But every single one of us, if we're part of the body, we own the body, we own the responsibility. So when it comes to, to serving, it's not, oh, jeepers, I'm a member, you know, why isn't my parking the way it should be, or why, why isn't the trash, no, you own the vision that God has called this local church to, so you will do whatever you need to do. So it gives you significance, um, you know, whatever you, whatever you find yourself in, actually being part of this 
is you owning the vision that God has given this mm. church for this time. And it's not just coming and, and being a member and filling a seat and demanding your rights to whatever. It's, it's, not, it's about owning what God's doing. Next question. You ready? Is it? Do you have a question? Yeah. So when y'all were uh, first receiving your call or your mission, um, how did you have that come together? Like, how did you get resources? Where did you get mentoring from? Like, how did, how did God help you plan that out type of thing? Yeah, I mean, I'm. So I, I think I think calling is something that you'll always be figuring out in God. He's, you know what I mean. I don't think Jesus is going to reveal, like your whole life, in one moment, and what the rest of your life is going to look like. But, but for me, I mean, I'm 21 years old. I'm walking into what I believe is 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 full time ministry. I would say, but I, I mean, I, I grew up with um, grandparents in full time ministry and parents in full time ministry. And people were like, hey, you might be in, in full-time ministry one day. And I was like, hey, no ways. I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I, I dig it. I, the, me and Jesus, that's awesome. And local church, that's great. But leading people like in local churches and ministry, I'm, I'm, I, I'm okay. I, I didn't want it. I wanted to go pro and soccer and all those kinds of dreams and desires. But, but as I got older and older, I'm older and older and older, but <laughs> as I'm getting older, <laughs> back in my day. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I as I as I was um, graduating high school actually, so a few years ago, I really just felt like like God begin to to sp- like speak and and actually move in my heart. So it was actually like a moving of my heart. I felt like, and this isn't just for like people wanting to go into full time ministry because we're all in ministry in in some sense, but but for me it was like I I. I God started to move in my heart and I started to feel a passion and a, de- and a desire to, to teach the word of God, to shepherd and disciple people to, you know, you know for, the, for the things that you're called to do, being in, in full-time ministry. And it was like things that I'd never felt before. And then also prophetic words from people around the world saying like, I feel like this is a season for you to press in more to, to discipling people and shepherding and, and, and making disciples. And so... For me, I, I think it was like, and I'm still figuring it out, still finding my place in, in, in what God's called me or who God's called me to be. But, but out of a place of revelation of Jesus, I think he reveals, he reveals his plans and his purposes for, for your life. So I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is they hear God, they know it's God. And like you say, what, what about the resources? What about the timing? What about the, not only the what, the why, but also the how? And so that's what you're asking. You're asking, how do you then work this out? And so the reality is, is that's in accountability, that's in team, that's in partnership. And then you value the local church, you value the elders around you. And then what happens is, is you, you, you say, well, Lord, I'm going to be as fruitful as I possibly can in the local church. And so whatever I'm, whatever you're putting in my heart to do there, Lord, how can I start living that out here? How can I start living that gifting out here? And then when it comes to resources, I believe that there's, why, there's wisdom. That's why God gives us elders. That's why God builds people around us so that they can speak into that and say, actually, we think for us, we had some plans on selling some properties and that kind of stuff. And, and then actually the elders met with some of the team guys, with the NCMI team, 
And they came to us and said, listen, we'll, we'll meet without you. And we, we've, got a, we've, got, we've got some wisdom from our side, which actually was way better than the plan we were trying to make. And most guys I see, they hear from God. They isolate themselves. They do their own thing. And then they just want to fund it themselves. Or they want to make a plan. And then they start manipulating. And actually, God's not glorified. So even they, they start out with the God thing, but it becomes not God's way. You know, it's God's will, but it's not God's way. So the key is accountability. What Mark is saying, sorry, Mark. I just want to add to that that you were saying um, honor the local church and, and serve what you feel God is saying. If God is say, telling you you're going to be a teacher of the word, if God is telling you you're going to be a you're going to prophesy. Start doing that in your local church, but start doing that in your closet. Start doing that in your home because it's very hard to do it there. Start doing that in your own family. Where are you going? Um, if if you want to be a teacher of the word of God then start uh, getting into the Word of God and sharing that with your family. Share that with your children. Um, share that wherever you go. Just real quick, God, um, God is the master strategist, and he will plant us in a local church, and we're, we know that's where we're at, and then he'll bring opportunity. So when there's opportunity for training, like this, you heard about it. It's like, yes, God, I want more. I want the next step in my life. So I'm going to avail myself to what the church is um, offering and what God is offering through the church. And you just say yes, and you keep taking those steps. And then he'll open more and more and more. And children's ministry is an area that is a lot of times hard to get people to fill but i'll tell you what if you want to teach and you want opportunity there's so much opportunity in children's ministry you get to prepare a sermon you get to learn how to deliver a sermon to different age levels and uh what an opportunity that we have for those that want to um go into uh ministry all right i have a pretty serious question um, so y'all have all claimed that God spoke to you, right, and called you. Uh, what accent does God speak to y'all in? <laughs> South African? <laughs> sounds like, uh, sounds like, um, Denzel Washington speaking. Oh, okay. Morgan Freeman. No, Denzel Washington, bro. Morgan Freeman. No, but, um, I have a, so I'm wondering, y'all have all been given a vision for your life, for your family, for what God's calling y'all to. Um, and the famous saying that vision leaks when you're not constantly uh, declaring it and speaking it over your life or to your church or to whoever you're leading it in. Um, how have y'all in leading, whether it's yourself, your family, your church, um, kept encouraged by the vision God's given you and kept reminding yourself um, so that doesn't leak and fade away and end up just being a dream that never is, gets into anything? Oh, I thought the mic will go first. Uh, for me, it, it, it goes back to, I, and Mark touched on it, I don't, I don't hold on to prophetic words. I don't even hold on to my revelation of what I read because sometimes I can interpret that through circumstances. I go back to, I know God spoke to me because I was, I was in a crowd of people worshiping and it could have been like I was alone with God, this audible voice inside of me uh, asking, God spoke to me and said, are you willing to do everything I ask you to do? with 100% obedience. Yeah, and I was like, of course, God. Like, oh, that's what would you, what, you know, here I am, send me, Lord. And then the next thing was, 
I'm calling you to plant a church. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's just, <laughs> let's just back up there. And then it just unraveled. So for myself, uh, for my wife, for our family, we got back to that very beginning thing. And from there, we've had prophetic words that have confirmed that. But for me, that's, it wasn't me who called myself. It wasn't a commissioning from the team or from Cornerstone. You know, it was great to be sent from those places. But it's, am I willing to do everything with 100% obedience that God asked me to do? So whether it's to lead in this, in this time, whether it's to serve in this time, whether it's to plant in that time, it goes back to that. Because for me, it was the, 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 the knock-on for that was, if I don't do that, God can't bless me when I'm here. If I don't, if I'm not obedient 100%, I can't expect God to, to bless what I'm doing because I'm, I'm operating in disobedience. And there's so many examples of that in the Bible. So it's going back to what did God say over all the prophetic words, after all the commissioning, after all the sermons, after all the reading and my own revelation, or what did God say? And hold on to that. So I think it's um, the most important thing is your relationship with Jesus and spending time with him. So that, that's the key. And if he has told you something, then, then you hold on to that fiercely but lightly, <laughs> and, you, and you just wait for his timing. And, and if he tells you, okay, I want you to take this step, I want you to take this step, then you are, like you said, radically obedient yeah. to the things that he's called you to do. So I think it just... Um, you always have to go back to spending time with the Lord, passionate about Him, yeah. spending time in worship, spending time in His Word, spending time enjoying Him, just sitting before Him and enjoying Him and loving Him. That is the key. And then out of that, I mean, who cares if you have a profile? Who cares if, you know, some big thing happens? What you want is you want relationship, friendship with Almighty God and um, spending time with the Holy Spirit is so, so important. Um, it's so important. He is near to us, and we have this privilege and opportunity. And so even every day, okay, God, what do you want me to do today? What, what today? You know, can I go shopping, and maybe I'll run into somebody, you know, um, in the store that I don't know, and I could minister. I could say a word of encouragement or something. But um, holding on to those big things, those big callings, um, fiercely but lightly, <laughs> but, but living in the moment of walking with the presence of Almighty God and being consciously aware of His presence at all times, that is more important than anything, I think. Amen. And I think I just wanted to add to that or just tag. I'm slipstreaming with you. Thank you. Yes, slipstreaming here with Terry. Uh, I shared with the, with the elders in the team this morning about Leviticus chapter 6, verse 12 says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning, the priest, and you spoke about the priests, Kat, uh, it's every single one of us are priests of God. We are in the new priesthood. Jesus is our high priest. We are all pre priests, right? We've got access to the throne of heaven. Every morning, the priest, listen to this, um, is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. And that fire, the presence of the Holy Spirit. But listen to this. He had to add wood to the fire all the time. And so Jesus, actually I had a friend 
just last week, because we're in the middle of transition, and now you've heard from God, but now you're living in it, and you already prepared yourself that it's going to be hard, but then it gets, then you're there, then it's hard, hard, you know, and now it's like, hey, God's told me to do this, but now we must live it, it's match made in heaven, lived out in earth, and so this friend of mine sent me, he read, be thou my vision, you know, you remember that old song, be thou my vision, he says, I'm not going to sing it, he's like, Thou and thou only, he says, he says he's like, let's, let's listen. First in my heart, Jesus Christ is our vision. Christ and him crucified. Paul says, I resolved to know nothing. Put wood on the fire. The revelation of what Jesus Christ did, he was, he was crucified on the, on, the, on, on the cross, on wood. Put wood on your fire. Your revelation of God, your presence of God needs to be centered around the person and the work of Christ, the finished work of Christ. It says, uh, that's the reality. It's like, as I look unto Jesus, he empowers me then to keep the fire burning. He is our vision. It's not the, the prophetic word and the calling. That's, that comes after Jesus. Jesus is the vision. He's the purpose. And when I focus, when Jesus is the vision, then I can live out. And then, I, then the fire can keep on burning. And when the fire burns, then I can do what God's called me to do. Awesome. I agree totally. And I think the word says that uh, he said to the prophet, write it down. Um, and for me, for myself, all of us are different. You need to find what it is for you. How do you keep that vision alive in your heart? How do you keep Jesus alive in your heart? How do you keep the, the, you know, the communion with, with God um, alive in your heart? And he said in Joshua 1, be strong and courageous. Keep the word of God um, in front of you, you know, in your remembrance. So what, is, what has helped for me might not work for you, but I would write it down. I would write down the character of God or what the prophecy or whatever I know that I'm so struggling to believe for myself. I would write it down. I would keep it close to me. I would put reminders on my phone. Um, how desperate are, are we to be closer to the Lord, right? How desperate are we for God's, for God's presence? Uh, and it's, it's not our works that do it, but um, it's our consistency. Just a quick question. <clears throat> For far too long, Christianity has been lived out in silos, whether by ourselves as individuals or as mega churches or small independent churches, as denominations or movements. Seems like with the shaking that's taken place the last few years, now more than ever, the church seems to be open to uh, receiving from other churches uh, support, guidance, whatever it might be. So I want to just add. Have you speak to us regarding NCMI? It's new to the American churches to have an apostolic uh, uh, oversight or a team that comes in and deposits into the church uh, that which is lacking. And I'm just wondering if you could, on a, you know, share with us how that has impacted your uh, uh, church planting endeavors, mm -hmm. how it, maybe it's impacted you and your faith as you've deposited into other churches, other people what you are learning and what God's putting on your heart. So I'd like for you to speak to that, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, for us and for my local church, it's, it's given us, I think, a, a greater significance and a, a greater footprint and imprint into the nations of the entire world. Like, like you think about it, we're, we're running with a, like, smaller local church in, like, Westminster, like, Colorado area. It's like not much, not insane amounts of impact that we could have by ourselves, but that when we see this this partnership that we have through the team and through partnering churches around the world, I mean, in hundreds and hundreds of nations around the world, tens of thousands of churches, it's like it's like we share in the 
in the re- reward and the responsibility that other local churches carry and face. And so, for, I mean, for me, and the encouragement, I mean, Paul writes and he's like, I mean, I, wa- I want to come. I don't know which church he's was speaking to. Was, yeah, yeah, Rome, the church in Rome. And he's like, like I, I, I want to come and so that we can be mutually encouraged by one another's faith. Like I, I desire to come that we would be mutually encouraged by one another's faith. And I, 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 we see that all the time. It's like we go and we go be a part of an equip happening. Like, like in, so we've got one coming up in Chicago in, in June for our U.S., um, like for all of our U.S. partnering churches. And it's like we go and we, we become mutually encouraged by one another's faith. We hear stories and testimonies of what God's doing and how their breakthrough is our breakthrough and their um, struggles are our struggles and we carry it with them. And so for me, it's been, it's been, it's been life bringing. I think that's what we've seen. We see, I mean, you see the biblical nature of being in partnership as a local church with a translocal team, but also team guys speaking into the context of my own life, speaking clarity, um, confirming, confirming through prophecies and prophetic words. And so it's been awesome. I absolutely, I love it. I wouldn't want it any other way. So it's been, for me, it just, just absolutely life bringing, life giving. You know, it, the relationships have been, you know, for me, NCMI, there's so much, so much positive in, like Joel says, you know, the relationships, the, the, the open doors into nations, the processing, like Marcus testified, of, of what God's saying with you, with, with guys on team and that. Um, those, are, those are all amazing things. But honestly, for me, the benefits and the strength of, of what NCMI represents to me is I came to a nation, yes, I was in a local church, but I had no friendship, had no relationship. But I could reach out to a friend in Austin. I could reach out to a friend in Denver. I could reach out to a friend in California who I would be on the phone crying my eyes out, being like, bro, what the heck have I done? Like, my family doesn't know, like, my kids aren't trying to figure this out. And they, they, it's not like, you know, headquarters, or we'll just you know, send you someone to help you. It was, no, like we, we're there walking with you. And it's it, my wife sitting in the grocery store. What bread do I buy? There's 500 loaves of bread. You're like, I can't figure it out. But um, if we didn't have that relationship, we couldn't find anyone. It would be like, good luck, you know, figure it out yourself. But it's those, those practical things when um, yeah, the, the, the conferences are amazing. The, the equips are amazing. But for me, it's the friendships that you form. It's the relationships that you form that when, 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 it's, when it's going well, you can celebrate with each other. You can blow wind into each other's sails. But when it's going bad and you're up against it, you feel like you're alone. But then you've, you've, got, you've got friends. And the, the privilege I've had is I've been able to be that to guys. Yeah. And then I've been able to be on the receiving end and on the yeah. giving end of that. Yeah, um, so if it wasn't for that, like, I, I, I picked up... Uh, took Tyron home from a meeting, that very meeting where God spoke to me, and he saw, I had tears in my eyes, he's like, bro, what, what's going on here, you know, like, you're not normally emotional, and it was from the beginning, it was just, just friends walking with you through every stage, it wasn't like, I had to submit an application to headquarters, that's okay, you know, do, are you a church planter, does your personality fit a church plant, do you do this, do you have the finances, it wasn't, no, it was none of that, it was, he has a bunch of friends that are going to walk with you. When you are leading the church, when you are transitioning, when you've been waiting for three years, whatever it is, there's friends around you who uh, will blow wind into your sails, will encourage you. And for me, that is, uh, that is the one thing that I think 
I'm not here to bash anyone else, but I think it's probably the greatest thing that NCMI can have is authentic friendships. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's lost everywhere else. And I've seen other guys join NCMI and saying, that's what we want. We want the friendships. And I've seen other guys look for it somewhere else. And I've seen other guys leave other movements because they don't have that friendship. It's just about getting on with it. It's like, no, no, we're actually doing this together. We actually invest. Like, you know, chatting to Mark, it, was, it wasn't like I'm coming here to this equip as amazing as Texas says. It's, no, you're my mate. You asked us to be here. We are. That's why we are. That's why we're sitting here. It's not because you know, it was headquarters sent us here or anything else. It's because we, we partners in the gospel. We co-heirs in the gospel. So. And um, I think friendships don't um, come easy for... There's some of us that friendships come easy for, too. Um, and for some that are more introverted, friendships are not so easy. And um, I want to encourage you, just be at the meeting. Just be at every meeting that you can be at. And um, it, took, it, takes, it takes time to make friends. But press in and press on. That's what, that's what we heard today. Just be consistent. Just be there. Um, and if, if, you don't, if you're not somebody that speaks easily well, then sign up to serve at the children's ministry. Sign up to, because God honors that. Um, and when we press into friendship, uh, when we start being friends to others, then we enjoy the benefits. Uh, for us, we've seen um, people being in, in denominations. I grew up in a denomination in South Africa, and um, it's a lonely place. Um, ministry, being even, uh, you know, serving in a local church, but uh, being on leadership in a local church, uh, it's a lonely place to be, and, and NCMI has been a great lifeline for us. Um, I've, I've often would go to those meetings having small babies, uh, you know, moms go through different seasons. I would just cry through those meetings, uh, but it would be a place where I would experience Holy Spirit. It would be a place where Holy Spirit can minister to me, where I can speak to people and say, like you're saying, what the heck have I done? Am I crazy? You know, like dragging three screaming children to church every single Sunday and not hearing a word of the message. Is that sane? You know, why am I doing this to myself? And just hearing other people going through the same thing saying, just keep going. You're doing well. You're doing God's will. So my wife is going to, she's freaking out about the kids. So we do we have to, do have to get the kids. Amen. Um, so I just want to just say this. We are on the receipt. Love, just give me like, I just want to land. I'm just landing now, okay? I'm landing. Yeah. Um, just mark up something else to add. No, no, no. no, no. Just whoa, whoa. open your Bibles. <laughs> so I want to say this. We, this church, I mean, obviously we have other churches represented here today and other parts of the region represented, but I can tell you now that Hope Rock Church is a product of all of these people on the stage's prayers. And then obviously, Steve, I include you in there, Tyra, I include you. But for real, we are here today um, and we are, you know, influencing the, the, the area that God's called us to influence because they are behind us praying for us. And I cannot tell you that there isn't, there isn't a week that goes by that I do not get a prayer request. I mean, just a, an encouragement, a word from somebody in some nation of the world from Intima just telling us that we're praying for you. We're standing with Hope Rock Church. And some of these churches, I mean, you think, well, yeah, I mean, they've got nothing better to do. They're probably smaller than you are. These are big churches, you know, and I'm not saying that they're more influential, but that's the partnership that I've experienced, and we're in the receiving end, so we just want to thank Intima and these guys for coming out.